life on the road. It's bees, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and bees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, <laughs> drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. Three years ago. Um, before Mary's pregnant with Frank, so. Yeah, three years ago, because he's turned two on Monday, so it's been three years. Hmm. Um, thanks for tuning in to Road Stories, everybody. I'm your host, Murray Valeriano, with a bonus episode. Um, Merry Christmas, a Christmas gift to you, or a uh, St. Gubbins Day, whatever we called it on that last episode, I forget. <laughs> some holiday we or made, snuffins. Or... Some holiday we uh, uh, made up. But I'm coming to you with a, a bonus episode with a, a good friend, Jeff Tully. Uh, who is in the midst, and whenever I get a comedian who has a story to tell anywhere near a microphone <laughs> that I have access to, I, I force them into doing it. Um, but uh, Jeff Tully joins me today. A little background on Jeff, how I met Jeff. Jeff was a producer on The Daily Sh- the Daily Habit. I don't know why I said that. Uh, on The Daily Habit on Fuel TV, which I was a guest on, and then <clears throat> I went on to work for Fuel on various different shows, and I would see Jeff every day until yeah, they yeah. shut that network down. Yeah, I think you lasted till the end just like me, so. Yeah, I got out. No, you might have lasted longer than me, right? No, you're still there. I got out right, oh, I did last longer than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Cause Cause we, we, yeah, we went on January 1st or something like that, and you got, they kept it. Well, no, the, the Daily App is gone, but the network's gonna still stay around for another eight months. And then, yeah, did you stick around for that, or did you leave after the no, Daily was No, I was gone <laughs> with the show, and then I think the, the actual, did How long did the network stay? Eight months or something? I don't know, because I left shortly after the show, after the Daily Habit split. Then I split to go do some other stuff, to go back to, I think it was Ridiculousness I went back to. Oh, okay. And uh, and then they just, and it's funny, because it's a, it was an alternative sports network. Um, so whenever I'm in the lineup surfing and somebody finds out I worked at Fuel, they're like, what happened? Why is that, why are they showing... Uh, MMA all the time. Oh, and, I know. I'm like, dude, I had no, I didn't, I was not in charge of programming. I don't know. I don't know. The yeah, the. Um, so Jeff, give us a background on you. Uh, you were stand up for a long time. I yeah, I um, I. Boy, the short answer is, uh, I think when in my teens, I, I really wanted to be a stand up, and I, I did it for a little while as a teenager, and then I went to college, Indiana University, and with the the I you know I did stand up in college and sketches in college and stuff, but. I really want to be an advertising and you really was, wanted to be an advertising. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, really okay. wanted to be an advertising copywriter. It was like uh-huh. the, the age of 30 something. And I, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> and I uh, moved to Chicago and it was in the, in the, you know, like 94 ish, 93, And that's when it was just a terrible time to find a job. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I could not, I, the only job I had was like a coat check guy at, at the, uh, Fairmont Hotel, <laughs> and I was walking by um, the funny firm in Chicago, and I said, oh, we're hiring. So I, w- I walked in, and they hired me as a, a floor seater, and I had to drive uh, every day from uh, northwest Indiana to Chicago Ooh. to be a floor seater. Where in northwest Indiana? Uh, Gar- I, well, I grew up in the Gary area, like okay. Portage. I grew okay. up in Gary and then Portage. Oh, okay. Uh, two very different cities, but um, they're... Uh, kind of like 45 minutes from Chicago, but it's like going from, you know, have you ever seen the movie Gummo? <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. Yeah, wow. It's going from the movie Gummo to like Blade Runner. I right. mean, it's just, it's just I, I've, I live with people in, in Northwest Indiana who 
I think I was in Chicago once, like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's it's and it's only forty five minutes. It's away. an Iron Curtain. Right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I lived in a little town in northern Indiana called Argus, which was I guess it's east, over by Fort Wayne, Plymouth. Oh, okay. Warsaw, that mm-hmm. area, little town, little town. Nobody's even nobody's ever heard of it. So oh. funny firm. You get used to getting to stand up that way after. So yeah, people? then yeah, I started the funny firm and and uh, the house MC things was really how it all started. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two or three of us that were, you know, we're all kind of like closet comedians right. and we would just, you know, we'd be doing 10, 12 shows a week and just rotating that, uh, the MC spot. And back then at the funny firm, it was like, it was like a 15 minute, uh, MC spot and, and, uh, maybe up to between three and six comics a night, you know, just oh, yeah. on the, we big on drop-ins there. It was kind yeah, of like yeah. a. Um, I mean, Richard Jenny, Dave Chappelle. I mean, mm-hmm. we were like a, that, that was a great spot. For oh, awesome. The, during the time. I mean, I think, you know, everybody just stopped in there. Um, the guy who ran it, who, who founded it was a real great comedian that opened for Jenny for years and mm-hmm. years and years. So he knew everybody. That place is classic. I, I've never performed there. I think it was gone by the time I started. Oh yeah. Doing it the it flamed out pretty hard in the mid nineties. Yeah. But, um, so who did you come up with around those Chicago time? I think, you know, like the people I looked up to at the time were like Jimmy Dore was like, to me, the, when I first started there, he was teaching the comedy classes there. Okay. He was just amazing. Steve Segrin was sure. still to this day, to me, pound for pound, rubber hitting the road comedian. Where yeah. What I mean is like when you get on stage and just immediately the audience is in love with you. Uh-huh. Nobody likes Steve Segrin like that. I mean, within 30 seconds, the crowd is like, they'll yeah, go yeah. anywhere with him. And, uh, you know, kind of, um, I, I can't think of a comedian I've seen more times live that I've never gotten bored of their right, material. Right. I mean, just, he finds a way to keep it fresh every time. Brian McCann was a huge influence mm-hmm. on me. I uh, went on to the Conor Bryan uh, writing staff. And he, w- he was, like, to me, he was the, uh, just had all the tools. He was an improviser, mm-hmm. you know, could be on Second City or Improv Olympic stage one night, and the next night doing stand up with, mm-hmm. with the best of them. Um, was a solid actor. Was like at that time he was like in every commercial that was filmed right. in Chicago. <laughs> it was like, how can you be doing commercials for Chevy and Ford at the same time? <laughs> um, but he he was on fire. And then um, uh, wait, Dorsey, you know, sure, Mike sure. Siegel and Jimmy Pardo. Jimmy Pardo was. Um, you know, in, in that era, era too, but he didn't work the funny firm as much as those guys. And and uh, who else? I mean, Mike Toomey was one of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's, so he's still in Chicago. No, so. but I think Pardo brought him up when uh, when he was on. Oh the my episode. god, that's a guy that like if in the in the late nineties, if he moved out here, he would be Seinfeld. Right. He would be Seinfeld. Cool. I mean, he's amazing. Awesome. So you got a story you wanted to tell us today? Uh, yeah, this is a Brian McCann. Awesome. Uh, used to do a uh, show with me uh, that I helped him produce called the Once a Week Pickle Show, and it was the Once a Week Pickle Show. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It was right before. I mean, it was like right before he got picked up by. Conan. I was there at the Funny Firm mm-hmm. when Conan went to watch him, and you know the next week hired him for a Conan. Oh, awesome! It was so it was right on top of that. So he'd been doing this Once a Week Pickle Show with me, and it was kind of like. Um, a variety show. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you've seen a lot of that now in comedy. A lot of different kinds of stand-up shows we're doing, but back then this 
kind of didn't happen. Right. Where stand up would bring it, he'd bring it in mariachi bands, <laughs> weird magicians. <laughs> I mean, just anything weird. You know, I mean, you know, I think Brian kind of made his bones on Conan as, as the weird guy. So there, there was a lot of that sure. prior to that. And, uh, and he would bring on a lot of like novelty, novelty comedians that maybe would never make the improv main stage or anything uh-huh. like that. But he thought were really funny. And one of them was this guy named uh, Comedeus. Comedeus? Comedeus. He would dress up like <laughs> Mozart. Just kidding, Comedeus. And um, he would dress up like Amadeus, and he, with a wig and the whole deal, and he had, what's the word for the all-in-one um, musical instrument that has the symbols on it? And uh, know, Is there a is there word for that the, thing? The all-in-one right? musical thing? I don't know. Uh, yeah, so he had a pogo stick. With a keyboard on top of it, right. and cymbals, <laughs> and a drum, and the whole thing, and you know, I, I'd be making up if I remember what other musical instruments sure, were. Sure, sure. But it was all loaded up, and he would just the the act culminated in him singing this song like, I, "My name is Comedius. I'm here to entertain." You know, real throwback to like '50s, just yeah, yeah. really corny. And, and he's like, you know, he's, so he's the keyboard's going, the cymbals going. And Brian and I are sitting up in the in the booth, you know, uh, working video lights, all that stuff. And he starts swinging. Oh, it has handlebars, like bike handlebars okay. on it. And and he's swinging the, whatever this musical contraption is over his head like a helicopter. And we had at the time at the club we had a LED sign, kind of like this, like a giant sound bar with an LED screen okay. on it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Big thing in the like '90s where drink specials were on it. Sure. Oh it was yeah. Coming sure. up next, and about you know ten feet long. And just a solid black monolith, you know. Mm-hmm. And Brian just looks to me. He's like, "Do you guys have that thing mounted good? Because I think he's about to hit it." And I'm like, "He's not gonna." Wham! Oh. He hits it with the musical pogo stick thing, right, right. and it comes down. I mean, like a cartoon anvil, right, <laughs> right over the top of his head, <laughs> and just kind of like he folds. Like I mean, like there's not a bone in his body. Oh, sure. I just, to this, it's just like an accordion. He just oh. folds. Thing goes down, smashed on the ground. The, the front glass on the LED thing peppers the crowd. Sure. Brian goes up, of course, consummate performer. He's already getting laughs, right, and right. trying to do damage control. I'm trying to pick up Comedeus. Comedeus is asking me if he has if he has to do more time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, he's still on the ground, uh-huh. just kind of like, "What's up?" And all of a sudden, after like a full minute of everybody just being awkward. The LED sign just starts going, Comedeus, Comedeus, Comedeus. <laughs> and the crowd just loses it. That's awesome. <laughs> that is great. Ah, the legend of Comedeus. Oh, yeah. It was all heard here first. <laughs> well, awesome, man. Jeff, thank you so much for oh, sharing thanks that for story. Having I'm me glad here. we did this. This was great. My pleasure. Uh, if you listen to the last episode, or I don't actually don't know when I'm going to drop this, uh, Jeff has been. Uh, observing, and so uh, I wanted to give him time to tell that story. Uh, Jeff, tell anything we can look for you on anything coming up. Uh, Joe Sib. Oh, that's right. Joe uh, Sib. Sidewind Dummy and I are going to be doing a, a monthly uh, music-driven comedy show in Hollywood. So awesome. Check out Joe Sib's Facebook page. He's always doing stuff. So. Joe was on the podcast like three, four episodes ago. So yeah, yeah. He's gonna... still the best. Yeah, and, he's great. And uh, from the Fuel world, sure, as well, and punk rock and all that stuff. So. 
So yeah, uh, that's my big project, you know, producing project next. So cool. Well, when I think it's rolling, you guys got to come on and uh, plug it and tell us all about it. Cool, dude. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, happy New Year. And uh, guys, thank you so much. This has been a bonus episode. We'll see you in 2014 if we're not already there. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that's kind of deep. <laughs> you want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.